Well, it's interesting that we get week two today of a series that's really convicting, at least it is to me. <laughs> um, God's Word just does that. It's really, really convicting. What do you think of this that goes along with our series? He doesn't like to be called an optometrist. He prefers the title visionary. But that's important to some people. So Jesus, today, make your word important to us. Help us to find ways to hide your word in our heart so we can walk worthy only by the power of your Holy Spirit. Do a work in and through us like never before, we ask. We pray. Illuminate your scriptures and help us to know and leave Different from when we came in today, reflecting on the goodness of your glory, Jesus, and your majesty, and your omniscience, and your immutability, and all those attributes that we don't possess. Thank you for being that and so much more, Jesus, in your precious name. Amen. So, yeah, let's, let's review from last time. Remember my little doll? I had my Jesus doll. And, uh, and then I had this, uh, this big contraption, thanks Fred, that I had on my head. And uh, it's a true story. That evening, last Sunday evening, I got home and said, I think I'm getting a sinus infection. I'm really sore here. So I'm sitting there going, blowing my nose, going, hmm, everything seems to be okay, but I'm, oh no, I have a growth starting here. I need to get to the... And then I, I remembered I wore a two-by-four last week. True story. I thought I was sick. thought I was going to go to the doctor, and yeah, that was it. It's just strange how our minds get off course so easily. But who remembers the illustration with Jesus? Any, somebody say it out loud. Well, he spoke Spanish, so I didn't have to listen to him, everything that he had to say from his word. Yeah. I didn't have to listen because I don't know Spanish. Well, I know porquito. Muy bien. Poquito. Okay. Muy poquito. Yeah. All the above. Just a little, little bit. So, yeah. And so, if I could do what I want to do, which we'll get into today, and then bring in the Lord when I need him, he's just like a little doll. I sit him right here. You stay there, Jesus. I got the show today. And if I really thought that, I would die right now. Out of embarrassment because nothing, nothing would work. Because it's the Holy Spirit that empowers us. How about the board? What did the board cause you to remember? Besides the sinus infection and the potential tumor that went away. The speck? The speck? Don't worry about the speck. In your spouse's eye, my application, uh, when you have a log, a plank in your own. And it's just, it helped us put perspective to that, which is, which is good. So yeah, nice, nice review. Very nice review from last week. Um, today, definition of pride, week two. It's an attitude in relation to God of self-importance, self-exaltation, and self-sufficiency. Let me go through some of these. They're, they're a little unique. 
I don't know about you, but sometimes I think I'm more important than the next person. And uh, my wife humbles me. The Lord humbles me and reminds me that, no, you're not. Case in point, I'm embarrassed for years. Okay, when I was working in education, and my daughter would have, uh, youngest daughter would have uh, some parties, some friends over, and they were just too loud, too late. It was, I can't sleep. You need to quiet down or we're going to separate you. And it's just in reflecting about that, I'm going to sleep, maybe going to have to delay an hour or two. Oh, going into Saturday, she's having the time of her life with some sort of get-together and party. So it just took me 15 years later to realize that how selfish, how selfish am I? And then it's, well, it's, it's kind of interesting that I'm a, a temperature and comfort monger in that I control the thermostat, or at least I think I do. Um, and, uh, and, so, and so for years, for years, it's just like, oh, no, it's, it's, it's a little cool, but you'll, 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 you'll adapt. You'll be fine. And it's just like, well, wait a second. Self-importance. Self-importance. This, uh, this little term came up in my life, not for me personally, and you'll be thankful in a moment, but um, it's called menopause and, um, in, my, in my family. And I learned about it. And uh, I learned that uh, sometimes um, ladies can have temperature changes where they're hot and then they're cold. So, so again, the Lord humbled me. Stop being so selfish. Stop making it about you. And uh, I think over 32 years, I've gotten better. Is that, is that correct, darling? I'm working it like for the sermon or I'm working it like, you know, temporarily. Okay, so yeah. So it's, it's a weird how, how the self-importance thing uh, comes. Hey, Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. And just 16, six sins God hates. Ooh, hates, ouch. Seven sins that are detestable. A proud look. That's a tail kicker. That's a real tail kicker. So now when we go through these, these, these ideas and a, for a heart check for ourselves, it's, it's, it's so strange. We used to be, a long time ago, as a family of four, it used to be if the plans changed for the day, I couldn't handle it. No, 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 no. I was looking forward to this. So, so Jesus... And medication helped with that one, okay? Uh, because, uh, because I had a part of the brain that just wasn't working quite right. And um, I believe that that sort of thing is hereditary. And I wonder why my dad struggled and was on all this medication. And I'm going, that's just weird, Dad. And I was like, no, it's not weird. <laughs> I, I joined the club. Uh, anyway, um, so the Lord is still at work in us. I hope he's in work, and you too. I hope it's not just me and my family. I always say anybody can identify, you know, sinner saved by grace and, and really just uh, having bad times occasionally. And I get one or two people go, yeah, me too. <laughs> the rest of us are like, no, you know, no, I'm not going to say anything. Or I'm not going to give any kind of clue to that. But maybe that'll change as we go. Hey, how about self-exaltation? That was my idea at the men's group. That was my idea. Yep, thought of it last week. 
And it wasn't because, because John was leading last Saturday. 13 men, thank you, Lord, 13 men to come in to pray. And uh, John had a prayer focus for that day and just super organized. And if you have a class with John, he just, he just, he kind of speaks like the Lord, you would imagine. And he's just, he's slow, but it's powerful. And he says things that are important. Um, and, so, and so we had a marvelous time. But self-exaltation, let's see here. I do that. I have a friend that I, well, I grew up with, but not too long ago, he ended up moving uh, to another state. But I said, hey, let's go do that. Okay, I've done that before, but that'll be fun. Let's go do this. Hey, we've never, you've never done that. Well, I've done that before, but let's go ahead and do it anyway. And, and he's done everything, okay? If I was to tell him I was going to a, uh, a family reunion, I bet he would have said that, I've done that too. I just was there before you. No, but you know what I'm saying. There's an easy thing to exalt yourself and to make you feel and make others feel that you're just so valuable, so valuable. Self-sufficiency. Okay, buckle up. I know we don't have seatbelts yet in our chairs, but we're working on it. Just kidding, we're not. Um, Self-sufficiency. I don't need, I don't need your money. I don't need your help. God will take care of me. Yeah, but he sent you four people that have tried to help you financially. I don't need your supplies. I don't need charity. Yes, you do. We all do. Self-sufficiency. God hates these things. And it's not because he hates you. It's because it keeps us from seeing him in his glory. Work in and through people to help you, to help me. This is a biggie. Christian counseling. I think you guys should go to counseling. Not us. We're not broken. Yes, you are. Okay, don't tell me you're not broken because everyone's broken. Every couple's broken. Just to a certain degree. So, I mean, Liz and I will go to counseling at the drop of a hat. We'll go individually at the drop of a hat. I mean, it's that important. But, but self-sufficiency, self-sufficiency, I don't need help. We're okay. And so let's think about these things today. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Let us be more humble. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, oftentimes you need somebody else to point it out to you. And it stings. You talk about a tail kicker, it stings. You're like, oh yeah, and you're a lot better. Because that's our first response. Somebody gives you some constructive feedback. And you're just like, that couldn't be me. No, I'm self-important. I self-exalt and I'm self-sufficient. You couldn't have a criticism of me. Yeah, plenty, plenty for me. Okay, let's go on here. Prophecy of Ezekiel and Pride, chapter 28. Prince of Tyre, Ezekiel writes about the doom of the Prince of Tyre. Say Tyre. Yeah, it's a weird, weird word. The chapters before, they talk about the, uh, the state of Pryor, okay, and, or Tyre. And, uh, and they actually talk about its doom. There's three chapters in Ezekiel devoted to this prophecy of doom and gloom. 
to the, to the actual state, then also to the king. The king of Tyre in verse 12 is also the prince. You go, nah, my commentary says that, that the king's first and then the prince is under him. Well, I'm going to argue differently because if you look, 2 Samuel 5, 2 and 3, David was called a king, but also in that passage, he's called a prince. So I'm going to say it's synonymous. I've got a proof text. I'm okay. Okay. And so we just like to get that square before we start. Okay. Next. The city of Tyre was subject to many condemnations in the Bible. Look at all those condemnations. But you know what? There's somebody famous in the group. Can you tell me who's famous in that group? Jeremiah's famous, the weeping prophet. He's famous. There's somebody more famous. Who said that? Oh, you've got a copy of the slides. <clears throat> well, then you're really smart. Okay, yeah, famous Amos. Yeah, the cookie maker. You didn't know he wrote part of the Bible. He didn't. But I thought I could just take a brief moment to make some laughter happen so we can go on. Uh, because the, the brain research is weird. People will tune out quickly if, if for some reason you don't change the state, they call it. So uh, that's Wally Amos. He was actually on 2020. Or, no, he was on the, uh, the Card Sharks. No, not the Card Sharks. What was he? Shark Tank. <laughs> kind of a sad story. Um, yeah, yeah, you'll have, yeah. Okay, anyway. Uh, yeah, so, uh, hey, so here we got Tyre. We got um, Samaria, Northern Kingdom. Uh, Jerusalem. Uh, Damascus, and, and what we've got is, well, let me go through this and then give you some explanation as we go through in the, in the prophecy here. Tyre was the capital city of the Phoenician kingdom at this time. You can see, not now, but up there is just nothing but states, Phoenician states. The prophet's talking about Tyre right there. Tyre ended up controlling all the commerce from the sea in the Mediterranean world, which made them wealthy, really wealthy. Like so wealthy that they didn't know what to do with all the money, and it impacted their brains and their heads and their hearts. And it made them prideful, really prideful. Tyre exploited its neighbors, such as Judah, and possessed unscrupulous merchants. So with money, with greed, and the desire for it to, to puff and to bolster ourselves comes, well, comes consequences. And did you know some of the neighboring states around Judah and even the northern kingdom before the Assyrians knocked them out in 722? They partly got punished because they were, they were evil and wicked to Israel and Judah. And they were combative, and, they, and, they, and they, made, they ridiculed them and Yahweh. That's part of, the, part of the judgment. But the primary is pride. Primary is pride. What happens is the Babylonians, 
the Babylonians come in, 586. And they actually started exiling people from Judah before. And we'll see that in a moment. But what they do is they came in and they, they conquered Tyre. Okay, They conquered the southern kingdom. Uh, they, they, they conquered Samaria, which would belong to the northern kingdom. And, uh, and then Damascus again. It's just different kingdoms came in and conquered different people. And then they were either vassals or conquered altogether um, to, the, uh, to the conquering uh, power. So, okay. Ezekiel 28 and, and pride. The word of the Lord came to me. Came to me. Who did the... Who did the word of the Lord come to? Who are we talking about? <coughs> Ezekiel, easy for you to say. <coughs> Difficult for me. Yeah. Son of man, say to the prince of Tyre, <coughs> and prince or king, the same. Remember? Are you in pain? Because I can't talk right now. You know how you get that way? It's like, can you just stop and take care of yourself? Because now I messed up because you can't talk. <clears throat> Thus says the Lord God. Oh, I have friends who go to churches that are very charismatic, very Pentecostal. And, and sometimes they prophesy in church. And if you ever hear somebody prophesy in church, in one of those churches, and they say, Thus says the Lord be a little nervous because that puts what they're saying on a canonical, on a Bible line, if they say that. So just be very leery to go, ooh, that means you're talking as scripture states, and I think there's a problem in that. Anyway, that was a little bunny we chased. It just took 20 seconds, 30 seconds, and it was gone. Okay, because your heart is proud and you have said, I am a God. I sit in the seat of the gods, in the heart of the seas. Yet you are but a man and no god, though you make your heart like the heart of a god. Lowercase g. Now, lowercase g, we know that there's a lot of gods, okay? You get and you watch Viking show and it's like, oh, this doesn't please the gods. <laughs> they say it kind of cool, um, but, but it's not cool at all because it's lowercase g. But what we have, it's not uncommon for kings to be worshipped, to be revered as gods, Roman kingdom especially. And so, so this is not uncommon, but you get pride, you get a puffiness here. And that's what we're getting in verse 1 and 2, and we're seeing the problem already. Oh. <laughs> verse 3, you are indeed wiser than Daniel. No secret is hidden from you. Well, that's a weird comment. So it's said that Daniel, if the Babylonians are coming to take over Tyre, take over the southern kingdom, Daniel was exiled probably in 605 B.C. Hezekiah, or Ezekiel, excuse me, Ezekiel was exiled 597 B.C. And he wrote five years later. So what that means is that Ezekiel 
could already see that Daniel was in power, was in power for Nebuchadnezzar already and already doing things for him. And it was known that he was a man of wisdom. If you read Daniel, it says it three places. Anyway, verse four. Um, oh, by the way, in, in verse three, my ESV translation, it wasn't, it wasn't as crisp and it didn't nail it down. So I went to the NLT. You're like, oh, you backslid. No, 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 no. The NLT is a good translation. It's, it's really good in terms of bringing the original Hebrew and Greek to a language that we can understand. And so, and so it's really, really good like that. So it says, you regard yourself as wiser than Daniel and think no secret is hidden from you. I think that's much clearer and presents better than the ESV, even though I love the ESV. Verse 4, by your wisdom and your understanding, you have made wealth for yourself and have gathered gold and silver into your treasuries. So this thing about money, 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 money. Sorry, it was a song I liked a long time ago and uh, probably wouldn't even listen to it now. Just kidding, I would. Verse 5, by your great wisdom in your trade, you have increased your wealth. Remember, they were... They were, they were greedy. They, they mishandled other people. Uh, they were unscrupulous. Okay, it was just, it was really, really a bad scene here. By your great wisdom and your trade, you have increased your wealth. And your heart has become proud in your wealth. I put lottery hopes. Some of us, well, I haven't in probably, I don't know, 15 years bought a lottery ticket. Um, but it sounds kind of strange to even say that because if you do, we don't condemn you. Because remember that big plank in, 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 in my eye and then the speck in yours? Uh, anyway, um, if you do research on lottery, the people who win the lottery, where are they today? <laughs> kind of a makes for a weird TV show, <laughs> but maybe not, <laughs> not for Hollywood. Um, well, they're dead because they committed suicide. Um, they're, they're, they're wanting more money okay, by, by doing other kinds of gambling type uh, acts, and they're miserable. They're, they're getting married, they're getting divorced. It's just, it's something that, well, pride kind of sets in. And it's just never, never enough. We have a friend, my wife and I, who on a scratcher ticket, two of them in three years won $100,000. And after he went to the lottery office, he actually, he actually, gained 71000 because the initial tax was 29000 Then he had to pay tax on that at the end of the year. Well, we see him, we see him, and he's, he's, he's occasionally going and saying, I need to hit the big one. I need to hit the big one. I need 250000 for life. Then I'm going to buy a house. Then I'm going to buy a house and do this and do that. It's a vicious, twisted cycle. It really, really is. And it's something that we can't even see comes over us. Okay, this is, what's the state we're talking about? And, and who is it that's being judged because of this greed, because of this, this, this massive ill will towards Yahweh? Who is it? The, the king, also known as the? Prince, very good. Okay, so let's, let's reflect on this a little bit. Because if we don't reflect and process, it goes away out of your mind. Too much, too fast, won't last. Here we go. City of Tyre. 
No Yahweh worship. Okay? Their header, <laughs> must have been late. Uh, their header for disaster and judgment. So they're headed for disaster and judgment. I mean, literally, they are <laughs> uh, being wiped out. They become their culture with no way out. And if you think about it, they're highly skilled merchants. Okay, they're, they're, they're the middleman of sea trade because you saw Tyre, that seaport right, uh, right on the sea there. They ridiculed Judah and Yahweh. Um, Baal, Astarte, and Melkart was their worship, lowercase gods, and the highly skilled craftsmen, highly skilled craftsmen, able to uh, make a good living that way and had some great product. Problem, no Yahweh worship. So now I want to fast forward to our cities and us today. Okay, I just did an imaginary one that I think may be pretty close. And if it's not, you can change the percentages. But let's look at that for today, for now, and what it looks like in our culture and the way our culture has shaped us. Here we go. Here we go. Cities in the U.S., very little Jesus connect. That's why going out and hanging out and going to share a meal and going to pray and coming to pray and going to classes and going to small group. It all helps. Social media, 15%. I think that's three hours a day. Beauty, self-importance, two hours a day. You can see, not for me, but, uh, but for most people, uh, eating food focus, uh, that should be higher for me uh, than 9.8%. Consumerism, materialism, two hours a day. Yeah, if I get on eBay, it might be two and a half if I really need that dopamine surge. Downtime entertainment, 4.9%. Saw a really funny show last night. Um, I don't know, what was it called, darling? We just watched like uh, seven episodes all at once. I mean, in one. Everybody hates Chris. That was just kind of funny. Anyway, um, but anyway, uh, work side job could be 48%, uh, depending on 10 hours a day, what have you. My computer wouldn't even calculate <laughs> the God time, <laughs> the Yahweh, the Jesus worship. My computer wouldn't even, wouldn't even calculate that and put it in because it was just too small, I guess. I don't know. 30 minutes a day, and you're like, Pastor, that's generous. 30 minutes? I don't have 30 minutes. I'm way too busy. Well, that's probably why we're talking today. <laughs> I got 30 minutes. I know because you have like a 15-minute devotion. That's not a bad devotion time. Praying and, and, and setting the stage, knowing God's will for the day. But you look to see how much is our culture, how much is our culture affecting the way we think and what we do? I envision my wife and I sitting on the couch turning mute to the TV. And we've done this a couple times. And we do something called a rally robin back and forth. We just, we just give each other uh, time to just pray a sentence or two back and forth. And we've devoted some of the TV Time, which funny show last night, TV time to, to the Lord's time. So we're shifting a little bit. We're shifting a little bit, but it's not natural. It's not natural and easy. It's just not. But if you look at this, you kind of wonder why we are who we are and why we're so sometimes really messed up. I'm sorry, but for years I watched the Coors Light silver bullet train go through my living room. And I know the product. 
I know the, I know the silver bullet. I know that's the Coors Light. Our society has shaped us something unbelievable. Maybe we're to be the counter, the counterculture. Because, thanks for the one amen. Thanks for that. <laughs> we're small, but we're mighty. Um, anyway, no, I know we all think that. We're processing. I'm just being silly. But, uh, wow. You start to think, I am a lot like the world. It's coming in every place. And then I'm like, okay, get out. Everybody out. I've got 15 minutes for the Lord. Actually, 15 minutes and not 30 for the day. It's half that size. Ooh, that means <laughs> try to be steady, Pastor. <laughs> Maybe take your medicine. I don't know. Uh, something's not right. But, uh, well, you get a little nervous when you have to talk in front of people. So anyway, golly, this is a problem. This is a problem. We just keep going like it's not. It's a problem. We'll come back to this. Let's go. We have to, we must hurry. Um, verse 11, moreover, the word of the Lord came to me. Okay, brace yourself. Put back on the seatbelt. If you have taken it off, put back on the seatbelt. Here we go. We've got this, we've got this judgment against Tyre. The king, the prince of Tyre. Watch this language. This is weird. This is weird. This gets weird. Capital W. Can't spell the rest or I would. Here we go. It's a weird word. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, raise a lamentation over the king of Tyre and say to him, thus says the Lord God. You were the signet model of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Hmm? Signet means model. I, I translated that so... I, I could understand it and explain it to you because I didn't know what signet meant. Um, model of perfection. That doesn't sound like the king of Tyre at all. Oh, no, it doesn't. <laughs> oh, it doesn't. Let's go on. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. Sardis, topaz, diamond, beryl, onyx, jasper, sapphire, emerald, carbuncle. And grafted in gold. We're not talking about the prince, the king anymore. Who are we talking about? The devil. So he's comparing the prince of Tyre, the king of Tyre, to the devil. You get greedy. You get, you get sidetracked in all this consumerism and all this stuff. And you start to look like the devil. And really, when I'm off and not having Jesus work in and through me, I'm, I'm, I'm powered by a different source, sometimes demonic. However, Christians cannot be demon-possessed. Oh, yes, they can. No, they can't. There's no Christian in the New Testament that was demon-possessed. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world, 1 John 4, 4. If we could, that would be super problematic. We can talk about it later, or you can email me. Uh, at Merlin, uh, no, at, uh, at, at, at Marlin, uh, what's, no, just kidding. Okay, so every precious stone was your covering. So these are the stones that were in the priest's breastplate. The priest's breastplate. 
unbelievable and crafted in gold now I put the new King James in there because I I diverted from my translation again the workmanship of your timbrels and pipes were prepared for you on the day you were created that's in the King James it might be in the King James as well King James uh, a new King James version excuse me that's where we get that Satan might have been has something to do with music okay do you want Satan on your music team Carrie no 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 it wouldn't be wouldn't be prudent wouldn't be good crafted in gold were your settings and your engravings on the day that you were created they were prepared ah let's go on here you were anointed guardian cherub Satan in the presence of God the throne room of God the cherubim Satan himself you're going whoa that's that's crazy I placed you you were on the holy mountain of God Zion okay it was either is either Zion or uh, or Mount Zion I mean or, or Mount Sinai and uh, and uh, one of those two but uh, but Zion I placed you you were on the holy mountain of God in the midst of the stones of fire you walked and it's like well that's another reference that Satan was right there with God and I cited a little bit of a scripture here Exodus 24 10 through 17 Moses takes his leadership team okay uh, uh, to Mount Sinai to see this in action if you want to look at those verses you were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till unrighteousness was found in you this is so unique in the abundance of your trade you were filled with violence in the midst uh, in your midst so I put king of Tyre that could be a reference to still Satan and his desire to rise above his associates and you sinned so I cast you as a propane profane profane thing from the mountain of God and I destroyed you O guardian cherub from the midst of the stones of fire Satan was cast out of heaven Satan was cast out he didn't fall he was pushed he was thrown he was do they still use the term 86 get out of here yeah he was thrown out of heaven now if we were to look at that today Satan comes back he comes back and he has access to heaven again we see in Job huh? talk about it in a moment he does but if Satan comes back angry and he's gonna get on the MMA fight card okay let's pretend he's gonna get on the fight card Satan who would be a good opponent for him and think about it while you get in the mood think about it while you get in the mood is the moment UFC fans watching around the world have been waiting for. Live from the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, it's time! 
Okay, enough of that. Um, we call that a state change in the brain world. And um, okay, anyway, um, who would he fight? Would he fight? Would he fight Jesus? Wrong class. Jesus is way higher. Who would he fight? Michael. The archangel Michael. And if you go to Revelation 12, 7 through 9, there's a fight where Michael and his peeps, okay, his angels, and, uh, and then Satan and his demons, they're fighting in heaven. And, and finally, finally, Satan gets tossed. And he's now just bound to the earth. So let me, for the sake of time, let me go ahead and go forward to that. And you can see that. And then we've got a challenge. I was going to also reference one other thing. Because there's a prophecy by Isaiah. Where the condemnation of Nebuchadnezzar is coming. And Isaiah does the same thing. He's talking about Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. Then all of a sudden he goes to Satan. And there it says, Satan wants to be like the Most High. Pride. All those examples I gave you earlier. Pride, pride, pride. God hates pride. It's the gateway to bad things. Bad things. So next week in our closing pride, it'll be interesting because the challenge will be, how do we become humble? And it's, it smarts a little bit, but, well, God disciplines those he loves and Hebrews 12, 6. Otherwise, we're illegitimate children. So that, that time of discipline can be good, can be healthy and nurturing. Oh. Last thing, your heart was proud because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. Look at this. Satan's little, uh, Satan's little pathway. It's already mapped out. Satan's pathway's mapped out. It's already done. And yet we get so fearful of demons. What greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world? Stop it. In Jesus' name, you cast him out. If you sense an evil or dark presence, thrown out of heaven. Ezekiel 28 covered that today. Thrown out of heaven to restriction to the earth. You see that in the fight. The big fight. This is the big fight. From the earth to bondage in the bottomless pit for a thousand years. And then last, from the pit to the lake of fire. So, you can see that. I've talked enough. You can read that. What are you going to do? What am I going to do? How is it that we can be so different in this church and community that we can reach the unsaved around here at any cost? Being all things to all people, but we've never done it that way. Okay, then let's solicit the Lord with great praise and adoration. And see what he's going to do piece by piece. And by golly, Lord Jesus, would you give us some sort of inkling when we're prideful. 
when we think it's just so much about us and it's all about you. Lord, if any of us wakes up without the ability to get on the keyboard or drive to work, that's how fragile we are. We would be lost as we know it. We would be so devastated. And yet you give us and supply breath so we can do all those things. Lord, may it not just me or be me that has to do and make all these changes because it's overwhelming. But your spirit will give myself the first thing to work on in your power, Jesus, and in your way. May that be the connection we seek this week and find ways where pride will be diminished so we can walk worthy with you and see the illuminated path before us and live differently. Jesus, I pray I'm not the only one making a rededication today, but I pray if there's anyone else that they've just raised their hand. Jesus, I rededicate my life and I'm now searching for areas of pride. Anybody besides me that would rededicate? Okay, I got a couple, good. Yeah, thank you, good. Good. That's great. And that's between you and the Lord. And Lord, even more than that, if there's anyone here that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, I pray they would just come up at the end of the service. Talk with my wife and I. Talk with just me. Talk with just her. Talk with some other people that will be up here, that you can pray with, that we can pray together. And here's the amazing part. We can lead you in a simple prayer to ask Jesus into your heart because you've recognized that you've fallen short of his perfect plan and will like we all have. And Jesus is God. He died on the cross and he arose three days later that we could have relationship with him. So don't let anybody go out of here without knowing you personally, Jesus. And that invitation's right after we, we play our song.